0: Uh, welcome, everyone, to The Stacks. Uh, as always, this is Jay. And I'm Shanna. And uh first movie this week we are discussing is the 2009 Friday the 13th remake. Now, last week, I said that this movie was not bad. I said that this movie is better than its reputation. While I would still say that it is better than its reputation, I want to walk that back a bit. This movie okay. is tolerable. <laughs> this movie is okay, but it has some glaring problems. Uh, I would still say that it's definitely a better film than the last, the, the three previous Jason movies, probably maybe, maybe only the last two. It's, it's definitely better than Jason X or Jason uh, versus, or Freddie versus Jason for sure. Maybe probably better than Jason goes to hell. That has some kind of wacky energy. It was just, Talking to Shannon about that before we started, and it's uh, the the whole brainworm thing, which is weird. As yeah,
1: well. I wasn't expecting that. <laughs> I've only ever seen the first Friday the Thirteenth, and now this one,
0: which is sort of a remake of the first one for the very first minute, and then sort of a remake of the second and third movies for the rest of it. Plus some new ideas like there's there's a lot of new stuff where they're kind of trying to explain jason we'll, we'll get into that i guess yeah
1: oh yeah we will i have i have thoughts about that
0: awesome so uh i i guess one of the things i would say to, at the beginning just regarding it being a remake of the first three movies is kind of cool that's that's a really interesting and clever way of going about this
1: it uh it works what they did uh really works it threw me for a loop
0: yeah, and like I feel it wouldn't have worked if they just tried to do another Friday the Thirteenth one as a remake and tried to reboot the series. Because if it was just a movie about Jason's mom, I don't think people would sit still for
1: it in two thousand nine. Jason's mom does not have it going on.
0: Does not have going on. And this this way, you get not only the. You, you get the origin with Jason's mom. You have that as background and people know Friday the 13th so well, like especially in the wake of scream and Jason's mom and all of that being like so central to that movie. It does seem like that's just sort of a really, uh, one of those things that everybody already knows about.
1: Yeah. It kind of felt like the, well, we got to show Batman's parents being killed.
0: Kind of. Although, to be fair, Friday the Thirteenth hasn't done the Jason's mom thing every outing. They they it it's in the first. Oh one. no, you Okay. They reference it <laughs> once in a while, but it's it's not like one of those not things. Like, that, like okay, man. we we got to see Jason's mom get, get decapitated again. And hell, I, I kind of <laughs> almost would like to see it. And everyone just have everyone do their own take on that head flying off. That would be kind of fun. I'm not totally Actually, against that. Actually,
1: yeah. <laughs> would or like (laughs) every time like when Jason first begins his killing spree we could just like like, zoom in on his face well her mom his mom's head's flying off like just superimposed over the close-up of his face (laughs) yeah well like some sad music playing and then he cut starts his killing spree just start every movie like that I should be a Hollywood director.
0: Hollywood screenwriter. <laughs> um, so one thing that I, I want to say just right off the bat is a thing that I dislike about this is just the look of Ott's horror. Like late, like the early two thousands to 2010 ish. I really don't like the super high contrast look that a lot of horror has from this era you know coming after like saw and the uh directed by this same guy the texas chainsaw massacre remake they're all just like really really high contrast sort of a gritty look i guess
1: but okay, for me yeah like, the, like
0: a lot of grain
1: i feel like they're trying to be house of a thousand corpses kind of or it's what it reminds me of yeah, there's some i don't of think that. anyone's i don't think anyone's trying to be a house of a thousand corpses
0: I would say House of a Thousand Corpses has some elements of that, but it's a little bit better in that it has a much more colorful palette. Like it's a very colorful movie. It uses a lot of uh, red and green color gels and stuff. Uh, What I like about the original Friday the 13th movies, or one of the many things, I'm a very big fan of the series. Just like I I recognize that they're trash, but I really enjoy them. (laughs) Oh, that's fine. And one of the things I like Yeah. One of the things I like most is is their aesthetic. You know, the forest and lake aesthetic, they're very green and blue. They have a very pleasing color tone to pretty much all of them. And this is the only one that doesn't look that much like that. Although, fortunately, it is still pretty green, and it's only really desaturated in the opening part.
1: Uh, I found the... uh, Oh, what was it? Yeah, there was this, I don't know what the word, oh my gosh, I've lost my train of thought. Maybe it'll come back. <laughs> okay. See, so you go ahead.
0: So where, where we start is we, we introduce our group of annoying dead meats, and uh, this is a particularly annoying group that we get here. Uh, they're looking for a weed crop that they're going to steal and sell. That sucks. What a bunch of assholes.
1: Well... Two guys are. The the other three I think are just think they're going on a camping trip. It, it doesn't matter. F- they're all they all suck. I feel
0: like several of them are aware. Like I think they're going along, but they are aware that this is a trip to find a weed crop. Because I think a few of them reference it. And I guess it's sort of Jason's weed crop. Is it? <laughs> it, uh, I- it seems to be protected by him. Like it's it's in Camp Crystal Lake and there's nobody else around. With I kind of figured it keep... might
1: be the hillbilly.
0: Maybe. Cause I but... I think we do see that guy talking about weed as well.
1: Oh yeah. He, he wanted, we, he does. But I feel he like he's
0: weed. just, I, I think he's also stealing it from wherever this crop is. Like, I think he's just also taking it from this crop. I don't know whose it is. I, I don't think it's ever really mentioned. Uh, but we, it is, kind is of Jason's in this movie. It could be Jason's cause Jason in this movie sort of isn't supernatural. He's kind like, not...
1: of a person.
0: He is supernatural at the very end, but they put a lot of effort into constructing the movie in ways that make him not supernatural or explain the things that he normally does. Uh, in non-supernatural ways, uh, which we'll, we'll sort of get into as they're introduced, but it's sort of... I, like, I guess that's a possibility that he's just this crazy survivalist in the woods who has this big crop of weed, and that's just how he goes through the world, just in a constant, weird, psychedelic haze. But you'd think that would make him less violent.
1: Oh, no, he doesn't touch his own crop. See, Jason... Because he's not a supernatural person, because he's an actual human, this apparently, he's got to get groceries and stuff, right? So where, where do you think he gets the money to pay for that? By selling this weed. So he's just defending his labor from these teenagers.
0: See, I don't think he would ever possibly sell it. I see it more as like a honey trap. It's it's this oh my bunch of weed I, okay, that that's he's so much planted, better. right? So all of these teenagers will come out and, you know, they're they're going to be those weed-smoking, sex-having teenagers, just the kind he likes to kill.
1: Oh my god, that's it. That's gotta be it.
0: It might actually be, because there's no other explanation for it in the movie. That might genuinely be the reason there's a big crop of weed here, because it looks I mean, really good. Like, when you do see the weed, like, that looks like pretty good stuff.
1: Oh, yeah. And and we know he he has other traps set up, so...
0: He has lots of traps. Very elaborate. This is an extremely elaborate tool using Jason, considering that the kills in this are not as creative as we're used to in this series.
1: They sure are violent, though.
0: (laughs) They are violent. This one's quite gruesome. Yes. Yeah, a lot of machete kills. It's mostly just the machete. Um, But they're gruesome, because you know it was 2009 and this was sort of this is the post saw era You could do a lot of more uh violent and gruesome kills uh it was i mean that was kind of more the norm you you were into the torture porn era whereas you know 80s slasher movies the violence tended to be more uh funny like splattery it, it would be like uh-huh. a big silly thing someone would get spear gunned uh that sort or of Or
1: impaled on the back of a tow truck that just drives away. I loved that.
0: That one is pretty good. <laughs> uh, and so I, I think both of us watched the unrated cut, uh, which does have quite a bit more gore. Uh, I, I believe the original theatrical cut cut back on both the nudity and gore to some extent. Cause there's some like extended sex scenes in
1: this, too. Okay, I'm not sure which version I saw. Um, I guess we're going to find out. Well,
0: I guess there's only, there's the, there's sort of two key sex scenes. There's one here at this part, pretty early on. There's the scene where there's the two of them having sex in a tent.
1: Oh yes. Uh, And then
0: much later on, a kind of a key plot point.
1: Yeah. Okay. Right. Right. Yes. I did see both of those sex scenes. Oh my God. That second one.
0: the, The second one is, is crazy. And it goes on a while. Like they cut back way to way too have long. other characters doing other things, and they interrupt. it <laughs> they like cut back
1: yes, you're right.
0: multiple oh, people show up on like different sides of this room, and, like show up at the windows, show up at the doors, and they don't stop.
1: <laughs> that's, but that's we'll get like, to that
0: that's much later. <laughs> the guy
1: this movie just won't stop having sex. The ones who do have sex anyway, they just won't stop. right. It's like, all right. It's like, can we stop having sex? Your creepy friend is watching us. Let him watch.
0: That scene is pretty good. I I really like the guy's line there. He's like, I'm not going out there with a boner. That's pretty funny.
1: (laughs) That's a pretty good line.
0: Got to admit. So actually slightly before that, going tracking back a little bit, Wade is the guy they think is going to, or is, is that they think is watching them. Uh, but he has actually been killed by Jason already by After point. finding the uh, weed. He, f- he finds the weed. He's uh, walking around with his headphones listening to Night Ranger, uh, Sister Christian by Night Ranger, singing along. Uh, and just kind of looking around. Motorin' That movie <laughs> kind of belongs to Boogie Nights, though, to be honest. Uh, yeah. You've seen Boogie Nights, right? Yeah. Um, so he finds the weed uh, and he's just walking around with a glow stick instead of a flashlight. I really like the aesthetic of that. That was a cool look.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, uh, they did some interesting lighting things with that, um, that I thought was kind of neat. I can't remember specifically. I, I so lost track of all the individual kills.
0: There's a lot of them, but yeah, like I, I think it's a, a really neat design choice. Uh, they, they use it quite a bit in this opening sequence. you have a lot of glow stick uh lighting which is pretty neat unfortunately Mm -hmm. this first kill of wade we don't really even see it uh jason is kind of almost played as a jump scare here like he just kind of pops up you see him and then you see a movement and it sort of cuts to the other people
1: yeah but you know what happened
0: you know what happens but that's sort of the (laughs) point of these movies right well you want to see like the crazy like i I guess it's not so much and and i feel like this is maybe the key problem of this movie is that it does make it just like people being killed the point where it's the point is people being killed in hilarious outlandish ways like that that's really what you want to see is big elaborate kind of silly kills that's sort of what this series made bank on right from the beginning
1: yeah instead we have Jason taking uh oh my gosh, my cat knocked over a bunch of stuff and a bit <laughs> um, yeah, we instead we have Jason taking a woman putting her in a sleeping bag and lighting it on fire, like
0: not only that, he's tied her up like he's zipped up the sleeping bag and he's hung the sleeping bag from a rope tied to a tree, and it's burning over a fire, yes. Like, that's really elaborate for Jason. And I mean, that's not bad, but like what you're more likely to find and what has been done in terms of sleeping bag kills in at least two other Jason movies is him just picking up the entire sleeping bag and, you know, wailing it against a tree. That's Jason's (laughs) kind of thing. He does that in at least two of the Friday the 13th movies.
1: Well, there's only Um, so many ways you can kill people with a sleeping bag. And maybe he just couldn't remember if he'd done that one already.
0: Like the, the fire one, it's not that it's a bad one or anything. I mean, it's kind of torture porny to be fair. And, and not, and and that's sort of the problem I have with it. It's not an immediate, like Jason killing someone. It's him setting up a really horrible way to die that they die slowly and like, are, are like roasting head down into the fire. Like, it's yeah, so it's it's much
1: not fun.
0: Yeah, there, there isn't the fun element. It's kind of more brutal and not. It, it, it doesn't have the energy. Because, like, I, I guess the main thing is the, the amount of planning and how elaborate that is. Whereas most of the time, it's just he has a weapon and he uses it instantly. Like, it, it's a very immediate thing. Whereas in this one, there's a lot more uh, people left to suffer. For a time, uh, which is weird.
1: Yeah, yeah, he um, he definitely does things different from how I I've heard.
0: Yeah, he he's got it's a it's a different tone essentially, a very different tone. Uh, so meanwhile, to all of this happening, there's also two people. Exploring Jason's creepy cabin, and people really easily stumble upon Jason's cabin in this movie. Like, people are just stumbling oh. on it all over the place.
1: Oh, it's right there.
0: Like, the police really aren't doing their jobs. Someone should have been looking for this at some point, because we well. do already have uh, the the guy. I, I think it's Wade, or maybe the other main of the we, the the weed thieves. Uh, they. They do talk about that there is this legend of Jason and they know about his mom and how he drowned, but that he's still out there and doing stuff. Like, clearly, they're not the first people to be killed by Jason, even though this is the first people we're seeing killed by Jason in this timeline.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. For the legend to exist, he has to have done stuff.
0: Well, not only that, we also see that there's a huge collection of camp counselor whistles in his cabin that he's kept as trophies.
1: Oh, I missed that.
0: <laughs> uh, so that's something they find right on there. Uh, there. There's like this board where he has tons of whistles hanging, and obviously those would be trophies from camp counselors is the, the idea that we have there. So if that's the case, he must have already done... A whole bunch of kills, but for whatever reason, we're picking up with these uh, in you know two thousand and nine instead of the eighties
1: I've always kind of wondered, like, did Jason is he just now starting, or like where where has he been the twenty years? um because if it was supernatural, he it doesn't matter. He just shows up when it's time to kill, and then when there's not a movie happening, he's just not anywhere, and I can accept that. Here we see he's got a life, apparently.
0: Yeah, like, I don't think he's, like, even in the other ones, I don't think he's supernatural in the sense that he disappears when there's no one to kill, but that he's sort of just this zombie who's activated by the presence of no good teens, you know? Like, anytime there's teens and wrongdoing, he's sort of activated and has to you know go go wreak his vengeance or something
1: death to all teenagers who fuck fuck
0: <laughs> wacko's a really good movie people should like it Mark. <laughs> uh, so we we have these two people who are exploring his creepy cabin uh and oh yeah I, actually I, I guess as well regarding just sort of the jason timeline one of the things that this movie adds in is that there's a full 20 year gap between the opening credits and the start of the movie yeah uh, whereas like with uh friday the 13th one and friday the 13th two i think friday the 13th two happens the next day
1: so 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 friday the 13th two is like little 10 year old jason going around killing people. It's like mommy says to kill
0: no, he's a full-grown adult with the sack on his head like we see him at the start of this movie. It's just, for some reason, he's grown from the nine-year-old boy we saw in the lake that day to, you know, a hulking zombie man. Uh, the it's next a day metaphor. To...
1: When you see your mother's head go flying off, you have to grow up fast.
0: Yeah, I, Jason really had to grow up fast there. It's true. It's true. Yeah.
1: <laughs> he never got his childhood.
0: Nope. In Jason's cabin, they find a locket with Jason's with a picture of Jason's mom. Uh, and it, the guy says the girl looks like her. And I guess she probably kind of looks like her. We don't really get a very good look at Jason's mom in this one.
1: Yeah, it looks uh, like a pretty low-res JPEG.
0: But... Right. Uh, but this does mean that she is immediately designated final girl for this group.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't pick up on that detail until it became relevant much later. It's like, oh, they did set this up. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: So the other couple, this is where we see the other couple having sex in the tent, which is a pretty big Jason no-no, certainly.
1: Oh, don't have sex in Jason's woods.
0: No. Uh, So we see his shadow move over the tent a couple times and they get spooked and this is where they have the exchange about they think Wade is watching them and he's not going to go out there with a boner. Uh, Yeah, but she she will not continue until he goes. So he goes looking for Wade Uh, and then shit hits the fan just like immediately. Like it goes wild all of a sudden.
1: Yeah, it goes from like just setting up atmosphere and only one dude's dead to suddenly like, oh, they're all gone. Pretty much
0: just like. Instant massacre. Uh, He finds Wade and he comes back to the camp screaming. And Amanda is all like his girlfriend is Amanda. She's the one burning in the sleeping bag. Uh, And he starts running across and he gets caught in a bear trap instantly.
1: Yeah. And then he's got to watch her burn. And then how does he die?
0: Well, it cuts back to the other people in Jason's cabin. Uh, And they find Jason's mom's head. Uh, and then things just sort of freak out there because Jason travels back there. I guess he was heading back that way after killing Wade or setting up Amanda or whatever. Uh, and he's below the cabin. Oh, So he's right. macheting up through the floorboard.
1: Yeah. And that's when he gets, um... no, he, he doesn't get the guy yet. Does he?
0: No, he does get this guy. Uh, this is this guy gets macheted a few times, and then he gets pulled under the floorboards, and, and we never see him again. I never even caught this guy's name. Like most of the people, I catch their names because people are looking for them afterward and calling their names.
1: Clay! Clay! Uh, Trent, Clay. Trent! Trent! Fuck you, Trent!
0: Trent's name I caught because there's a few fuck you, Trent's. <laughs>
1: I, I've tried so hard not to learn their names, and I still did for some of them. There
0: are a few of them that you just do get, because they, they do get called a lot.
1: But I didn't learn any of this group's names. As far as I'm concerned, they're Bargain Basement uh, Jason Biggs, Bargain Basement Seth Rogen, um, The Final Girl, and Lust Object.
0: Uh, final Girl is Whitney. Uh, oh yes, we, we no, do no, hear about we do alert- because...
1: Yes, I learned her name because, yes.
0: Is, uh, she sticks around for a bit. Uh, she, she's a plot device. So she runs back to the campsite. Like she, she runs out of the cabin and she runs back to the campsite and she sees Jason kill the guy in the leg trap with the machete.
1: Right, that's what, that's what it is
0: he just like chops his head and then Jason charges towards her and boom that's when we get the opening title about 23 minutes into the movie opening credits 23 minutes in
1: yep and now Good we fake have out. it was really great and now we have another group of teenagers whose names I refuse to learn uh, but these ones stick around a bit longer these are the real teenagers
0: right like we we cut forward 6 weeks in time uh, and these characters are all pretty classic Friday, the 13th types,
1: except for Trent. He's kind of his own thing. He's uh, he's the rich D Yeah.
0: Trent sucks. And Trent is like a perfect aughts bro character who, who is sort of a new introduction to the series and uh great, great introduction to the series. I'm, I'm totally happy to have a Trent that we get to see killed.
1: Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've As soon as he starts opening his mouth, it's like, oh, I can't wait till you're done.
0: Yeah, he's exactly the sort of character that you want to see in one of these movies as the dead meets, The dialogue, I would say, is a bit quippier and a bit sharper than you'd usually get with one of these movies. They're normally pretty naturalistic. This is a bit more blockbuster movie in terms of dialogue. It definitely feels more polished and jokey a lot of the time.
1: Oh, definitely. Yes.
0: Uh, We also find out around here that the brother of uh, Whitney is looking for her and he's posting missing persons flyers around Crystal Lake. Uh, And Trent is a total dick to him about posting these missing persons flyers.
1: Yeah, because he's taking too long talking to the guy at the gas station and Trent's in a hurry, man. He's got to pay for his gas and then get up to his cabin at the lake, bro. He's got to go surfing, bro
0: is looking for his missing sister and like the guy no, at,
1: bro surfing
0: the the guy the who runs the general store is also a total dick to will not let he is the
1: he's a poster. super dick it's like come on what you do even if you're not allowed you say sure i'll post it and then don't it's terrible but at least you don't get in trouble from your boss
0: right or like i mean I, I think it's maybe part of a whole thing that's sort of underrepresented in the movie but does seem to be a point of plot is that there's sort of a local conspiracy about Jason. That they're all aware of him and that they know that he's killing kids in the woods, but they've all just kind of let it happen to like, non-local kids and just kind of keep everything shut down in the town.
1: You know, I, now that you mention it, uh, cause I, that explains uh, the idea of of alpha, like alpha officer obstructions whole thing of how whoa, right, I the, don't like who, people who, looking for missing kids in my town.
0: Yeah, we, we got all this, uh, we, we get the cop confronting, uh, uh Clay uh, played by Jared Padalecki of Supernatural. Uh A cop warns him off. He's like, "No, you, your your sister isn't here, and you you gotta leave. You <laughs> know, like run you out of town. Yeah,
1: like, yeah, just go, just just move along to some other town. Just like everyone who comes here looking for missing kids. He basically says that it's like, um, wow, right. So he obviously knows what's going on.
0: Yeah, and I don't get it like is Jason a police conspiracy somehow like what would be gained like I don't really figure like I, I don't understand how anything could possibly be gained from this and like the cop does get it like oh yeah
1: I thought I thought the cop I don't know maybe the cop was kind of in on it like the doctor and the Michael Myers movies not like in on it but it's like oh I want to see the awesome killing
0: well, Donald Pleasance, uh, uh, man, I can't remember the name of the character. Doctor Doctor Loomis in the Halloween movies is always actively trying to take down Michael. Like he he didn't want Michael to. Oh be, no, I'm thinking of someone uh, from, out of the insane I'm zone.
1: thinking of one of the remakes then, because there is a doctor who's um, in one of them.
0: Oh yeah, I think that's that's the reboot, the the David Gordon Green one. I think maybe there's. Some characters sort of like that in that, but uh, not in the originals for sure. Donald Pleasance's Dr. Loomis is uh, very, very much anti-Michael.
1: Okay, okay. Well, this cop isn't either of those guys.
0: Yeah, I don't really get what his deal is. I don't get it at all. Mm -mm. And, And we don't get enough of him to really understand at any point.
1: No, he's in two scenes. He's in this one and the one where he dies.
0: Yeah, the one where he gets a knife in the eye. Uh, so they, the, our, our group of guys led by Trent, uh, there, there's a lot of bro talk among these guys. We, we hear the word bro quite frequently. It is very 2009 in that. sense. They like they, this movie does feel weirdly of it. They've
1: own. definitely got their, uh, their Troy and Abed or their Harold and Koubar, oh, yeah. if you prefer nowhere near as good as either of them.
0: Well, this, this would be pre community, uh, yeah and like, even though they, they do a lot of copy stuff, this would be prior that oh, really? we got our chewy. I think it is 2009. I could be. No, wrong. You, uh,
1: you, I think you're right. Actually. No, I think
0: I feel like community started shortly after this, but it's around.
1: Here. Okay. So they're Harold and Kumar.
0: Good. Yeah. I, I mean, I, it does feel like they are supposed to be sort of this comedy duo. They're the, the two stoner guys who have all of these elaborate, uh, they they have this really elaborate bong that they keep in a special suitcase, uh, and and they don't like Trent. It doesn't. It's not clear why they're there because they don't like being around him. They he doesn't like them.
1: I think they think they uh, um the weed the the house you see it's a nice house. Um, so the girls maybe he thinks he's gonna get, uh, but okay. So there's the weed at the lake, and the, I don't know.
0: They don't know about the weed because it's not that that's that's weed that they don't yeah, know they, about. Yeah, they uh, their own. Jason's yeah. weed. Yeah, they do have their own weed. They bring their own. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's weird. Like, they, they do mention at some point, it's like, well, he's a rich guy and this is a cool, rich house to hang out at. But I don't know. Just not my culture, I guess. Yeah,
1: no, I don't, I don't get it. Like, it's mentioned that Chewy wants to hook up with one of Trent's. Girlfriends, I've lost track of how many actual girls are in this.
0: I I think it's brie that he wants to get with, who's not Trent's girlfriend, but is into Trent. Trent's girlfriend is Jenna, Uh, but she's kind of done with Trent when we meet her because he's just being a douche to everyone. So, oh yeah, she's she's, done with it, and she goes off with Clay pretty much immediately. Right. So, like, they get to his house. Uh, and they find out immediately that there's no cell reception. Sort of just like, okay, we we gotta just ice uh, cell phones to make this work as a Jason movie. Yeah, how would uh, how
1: would a Jason movie work if everyone had phones? That'd be interesting to see. You'd be
0: able to call anybody. You you could call the police. You could call the CIA. You'd Have to
1: have like just a completely different type of villain for it to work.
0: Yeah cuz Jason isn't super fast moving although he can seemingly teleport around in the old ones. In, in this one he uses tunnels. <laughs> Just, I don't know how I feel about that. We'll get
1: Yeah, to that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to have we're going to have things to say, I think. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but like uh Clay shows up at the house pretty quickly after uh leaving or after they show up and by that time Jenna is already sick of him being a dude and leaves with him to go look for the sister. Uh and this is around where we meet the hillbilly guy uh, yes. in his just huge hillbilly palace.
1: Guys like I wanna say how can this hillbilly afford such a huge palace and keep it full of just junk? But that's isn't that just I guess that's just what they do.
0: Yeah, I think it's just like a weird junk house in the wilderness. Uh, And he's about to have sex with a mannequin when Jason kills him. (laughs)
1: Maybe. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's going to have sex with a mannequin. He's like, I lost my virginity to you. And then he hears a thump. He's like, somebody better not be stealing my kerosene.
0: And then uh, Jason machetes him, of course. Uh, And this is when he finds the
1: hockey mask. Big. moment. Yeah. I actually, uh, I actually said, Oh shit. In chat. (laughs) <laughs> when, when I got to that part and you're like w- the hill building? I'm like, yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: and so w- there's two other people that we haven't gotten to from Trent's group. There's this couple that only have like a couple scenes because immediately when they get to, uh, w- immediately when they get to Trent's house, uh, they, they go to find his boat
1: Oh, yeah, the boat guy. It's like, it's like, don't touch my boat, bro. Okay, I won't touch your boat, bro. I'm totally going to touch his boat, bro.
0: Yeah, he has a whole monologue. around. it's like, you know, it's funny immediately when Trent said I couldn't touch his boat. I was immediately going to drive his boat. (laughs) Which is fair. To be fair to this guy, we don't get much of his personality. But like, if if it were me and Trent, if I were dealing with this Trent guy, I would feel the same way.
1: Fuck Trent. Like, why are you going to tell me to go down, let me go down to the docks if you won't let me touch your boat? What am I even doing I down don't even there? Know.
0: I, I can't remember what it was that they were, like, I think he was just supposed to go scope it out or something. I, I think he had to set something up.
1: Was it getting Because there was something that
0: Trent had him yeah. do. Yeah, maybe it was just gassing up that the boat. That's it. probably what it was. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, this guy gets killed with an arrow through the head while he's driving the boat which is pretty cool oh
1: yeah this one of the this, better this ones. one's good I like this um so he he gets killed he lands on the throttle uh the girl is water skiing behind him uh, she falls off and then I, I
0: the boat sort of spins around
1: yeah and she thinks she he's going back to get her but he's not even alive and she's like hey hey and she just the boat just smokes her Right in the face. Yeah, she gets
0: hit hit pretty hard with the boat, but it doesn't kill her, but we see her just kind of like dazed in the water and sort of like in and out of the water, and there's a pretty cool shot of Jason sort of lurking at the edge of the woods by the waterline. Mm-hmm. Uh it, it's a little bit too lingering, I feel. They do this same shot in I think actual Friday the thirteenth, part three or four. Uh and they do it better there, but you no, know, it's decent. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a nice bit of atmosphere. You don't have a lot of that in this, uh, which I, I feel it could have used more of. Uh, and he also gets her, obviously. He he gets her with the machete. Mm-hmm. Uh, in the head from above the dock, Yeah, Yeah, she, she's smart. So, she's no, hiding under warm-to. the dock,
1: even though she's smart, even with her head injury. She's thinking, but right, not thinking yep. good enough, because I was like, Jason can't see her down there. Oh, he can just stab randomly and eventually get her. Oh, there it goes.
0: Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, Clay and Jenna have found Jason's cabin. Again, it's just super easy to find <laughs> this, this place. They just stumble upon tiny. it. I mean, it's it's a little New Jersey lake, right? There's just like oh,
1: I guess it would be pretty tiny, wouldn't it?
0: Yeah, I guess so. It's a tiny, small town. I don't know. Yeah. Weird. So Jason comes back to the house hauling. One of the corpses, I, I guess it's supposed to be the girl. Uh, and he spots the backpack that they set down and he just throws a big tantrum. He like hucks a bunch of canoes. Oh, over. yeah.
1: <laughs> He's, he has like this temper tantrum. Well, no. First, I think he was trying to find them because he thought, are they hiding under the canoes? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he doesn't. Then, yeah, he, he does totally have a temper tantrum.
0: He has a couple of them. Like he has an extended temper tantrum that like goes on through their whole running away sequence because they hide for a while and then they run away and they trip a wire, which rings a bell underground where we see the sister chain.
1: Oh, up. yep. So she didn't die. Right. And she's in uh, jail. And we Not s- in jail. In his freaking.
0: She's like in a, in a tunnel.
1: His uh, Jason base. The Jason Basin.
0: His, the the secret underground lair of Jason. Like, why does Jason have underground lair? That seems way too elaborate. Like, Jason has generators set up. Like, he's got a whole survivalist. Set oh yeah, here. this
1: is like he's he's waiting for the day that the liberals come to take away his guns. Except he doesn't have guns. But you know that it's that kind of thing.
0: Yeah, and it just seems so far beyond what any form of Jason would logically be able to do because Jason is just a relentless killing machine with no mind. Like he, he's, he's not logical. He doesn't, you know, go through processes. Yeah, th-
1: this scene changed know, my so whole impression of this Jason, because now I think... Jason, like he has a house. He like lives somewhere. He has furniture. Uh, well, kind of, uh, kind of, kind of,
0: He's got decoration, he's got trophies. Yeah,
1: he's got, um, a grindstone for sharpening his machete menacingly, which that's cool. But he's now... Now he's gone from being an unstoppable killing machine, which he kind of was up until this point, to being more like, yeah, survivalist mountain man. And that's not what I was expecting. I thought it was kind of neat, but I was like, I hope we... Don't stay with this direction in the future.
0: Yeah, and like, I I kind of feel like this is what people hated about this movie. That like, this is just not Jason. This is just some survivalist dude who has a completely different storyline and different personality than Jason. It's it's someone who has a person. Jason a personality. Jason is just a force. Mm -hmm.
1: And yeah, now like this whole rest of the movie, I'm just thinking. Not of Jason, but of this mountain man with a machete and a hockey mask.
0: Right. Like, he, he seems like maybe he'd be a guy who runs a cult or something instead. It's a little strange. Uh, and so he carries on this tantrum all the way down to the sister. Like, he's tantruming, throwing canoes around, and he goes all the way down into the tunnel and, like, tantrums at the sister for a bit. But he doesn't kill her because she still has the locket.
1: And because she looks like his mom, apparently.
0: Right. Yeah. Uh, But, like, she has to have the locket to remind him that she looks like his mom, it seems. Yeah. I Uh, I guess it's
1: like, oh, right. That's why I didn't kill this one.
0: Because, like, every time he, like, she shows it to him when when he's having his tantrum. Uh, He leaves the backpack with her. Like, he he takes uh, Clay's backpack with all the missing flyers and stuff. So she's able to find out that Clay is looking for her and she finds something to unchain herself. And it just seems like a weird digression because she doesn't get away uh, from this part. Like, she she gets out, we see her escape, but like, several scenes later we just see her randomly recaptured in the background of a scene and and she's just exactly back to where she was before. And she
1: hasn't met anybody new at this point, so nobody knows that she's there yet. This was... Yeah, there wasn't...
0: She never does meet anyone when she gets yeah, out.
1: She's just running around in the woods. She almost meets someone and then nope. And yeah. it's like, okay, well, I, what I, was the point I, of I, I sort of,
0: I, I think maybe it was because there's a scene where she has to go through the body pile to get out and they would just wanted to have that scene.
1: Okay. Well,
0: that's, that's sort of my, my feeling on that probably is why they did it.
1: The whole thing. The underground tunnels just feels like it belongs in a different franchise. Like,
0: it honestly reminded
1: yeah. me more. I'm, I was, I've been trying to think so long about what it reminds me of, but it reminds me of that awful Silent Hill movie. These the The aesthetic of. of the tunnels I, I... reminds me of like the aesthetic of the mines, and it's mm-hmm. just maybe just like the color palette of it, because Silent Hill was a lot more barbed wire heavy and.
0: St- Right, and it's also one of those really gray, high contrast, odds
1: horror That's, yeah, too. that's, uh, I think that's what I was thinking of, uh, in not House of a Thousand Corpses when we were making the comparison.
0: Right, and, and I would say, like House of a Thousand Corpses, there's a bit of that too, because there as well, they have a whole bunch of underground tunnels that they chase people through as well. Like, it was a thing that people were doing in horror movies, I guess.
1: <laughs> I could probably name off a whole bunch of other ones that have that, but I don't remember their names.
0: That's fair. Uh, so we cut back to the party house where Chewy, who's the designated idiot. Uh, he lets a shot burn for a really long time while he's talking about taking the shot. And then he burns his lips and breaks a chair falling over like an idiot. Oh
1: yeah. The flaming mo. Uh, (laughs) uh,
0: and Trent flips out because there's my dad's chair
1: <laughs> and, and the girl at one point asks him this honest, really good question of like, why did you even invite these people here? You don't like any of them. Yeah. They don't like you and you don't want them to touch anything. And we don't get an answer. I,
0: I believe we, yeah, I think we get that from Jenna. I think that's when she leaves with clay. It's like, why do you, why are you even bringing any, what's the whole point of this outing when you hate everyone here?
1: Yeah, these people aren't really, like, aside from a couple of groups, these people aren't really friends with each other.
0: No, it really just seems like Chewy and the other guy. <laughs> I, <don't know> <laughs> I wanted name. to
1: call him TK, but that's not the, that's the black guy from the other movie. <laughs> oh dear.
0: Uh, Yeah, I don't think I, I ever noted his name. Uh yeah cuz no one went like he actually
1: for him. oh dear
0: no uh he goes to look for chewy and that's when he gets it uh but chewy he because he broke the chair he's going to go out to the shed because i think he's an engineering student
1: well yeah i commented on Something? this yeah that's right uh, I commented on this in the chat because he mentions doing like some kind of experiment and he has this elaborate bong and I'm like, oh yeah, so the Asian guy is the smart one.
0: Oh, what a surprise. Mm-hmm. Uh, he He's going to go find tools to perfectly fix the chair.
1: Right, that's what he was doing in there.
0: And Trent's like, whatever, I'm going to go sleep with Bree now. Uh, and that's when this endless sex scene and starts. Though. It just goes might just so be the scenes. worst
1: sex scene I've ever seen.
0: It has one hilarious line, though. That's re- Uh Trent says to Brie, your tits are so fucking juicy, dude.
1: <laughs> <laughs> He's, yeah, the whole thing is just, oh, your tits are so amazing. Your tits are so amazing, man. Your tits. Oh, they're stupendous. That's what it is, stupendous.
0: Stupendous, Yeah. And it's so fucking goofy. So Clay and Jenna show up to the house during the sex scene. Uh, and they can't convince them. They, they can't even get them to stop fucking. They're, they're just like pounding on the door saying, it's a fucking serial killer out here. We saw dead bodies. Like this terrifying monster man.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> it
0: was like, yeah believe it when i see it right <laughs> like come on
1: dude i got these stupendous tits in front of me right now bro uh
0: and meanwhile chewy is off in the shed just breaking more shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he, he's, he starts playing with a hockey stick he smashes the light uh so that the light's broken for atmosphere of later. course
1: right because jason can see in the dark uh,
0: well yeah. of course He's supernatural.
1: No, I, I, I <laughs> didn't The even way you need to do, Jason. <laughs> like, Jason can see in the dark. All, all these guys can.
0: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're, they're night creatures, they're predators. Uh, Chewie's death is pretty brutal. Oh. Because it, like it's, a, an, it's another machete one, but he stabs him through the bottom of his jaw into his brain and he does it really slow. Oh, yeah, right. It's like right. just this slow, gradual stab. And it's like, Jeez. seems excessive for the, just like the inoffensive comic relief character.
1: Yeah, that was the kind of the same feeling I had with the sleeping bag. Like this. Yeah, this exactly. is the death that you no, reserved for it... Trent.
0: Yeah, I completely agree. Although the the death Trent gets is pretty good. Pretty good.
1: Yeah, if it's the one I'm thinking of, yeah.
0: While at the moment, Trent and Brie are orgasming is when Jason recaptures the sister just outside their window. Cause like she runs up to the window and then we see Jason just grab her. Oh yes. Yeah.
1: Sex interruption. Number that was, two. that
0: was her whole. Yeah. That was her whole outing, which again, it, it doesn't seem like it had any purpose to it other than the basic purpose of uh, providing a thing for Jason to do. Or uh, providing the, the dead body pile.
1: Yeah, which, which they could have just done that anyways when they went to rescue her later.
0: Right, but I guess it establishes it for them to get out later, but yeah, I don't know. No, it just seems so. Yeah,
1: that's, that whole bit didn't need to be there, really.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the other guy is stoned, and he goes out to find Chewie, uh, and Jason gets him with a throwing axe. Which was kind of cool that was not
1: oh yeah and then like bends him over this log and what does he do like
0: he splits him he splits him on the axe. yes
1: that's what it was
0: like it's like he throws the axe and it hits him in the back and then he waits a while and he leaves him screaming because he's maybe hoping that the other people will come out to help him so he can get them i think or at least that's what the people inside theorize and with this jason i guess that's possible
1: yeah, they say it. it's like no, don't go over there. He's using them as bait,
0: right? Uh, but they don't bite, so he just comes up and grabs him, and he picks him up with the axe still on his back, and he slams him uh, on his back, so the axe just bursts through him.
1: Yeah, that was that was something. That was that was neat. That
0: that was that was kind of a brutal one, but it was it was like sudden and pretty like spectacular in a way that was sort of more fun. Yeah, th-
1: this was. That was the kind of Jason kill I was looking for.
0: Yeah, because it's like he threw something and then he smashed someone down. That, that feels more like the sudden crazy Jason violence that's a little bit more appropriate to the tone of the series. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Trent goes and gets his gun uh, and Jason shows up in the house and kills Bree and he, he impales her on some antlers. Which isn't very well done, and it's been done better. Like, the the same kill is done in Silent Night, Deadly Night, much better.
1: Yeah, I couldn't. I I, I kind of forgot about this kill. I was like, oh, how does this girl die? Oh, we'll get to it. So, yeah, I guess it must not have been that great. Although, I I have a lot of deaths to keep track of with these two movies that we're doing this week.
0: So many deaths. It's an all kills night.
1: All kills and Uh, a few random hits here and there.
0: Some tits. Both of them, yeah, they're, they're, they're both kind of in that range. Uh, so the sheriff shows up about then uh, and he's knocking on the door and Jason puts a knife through his eye through the peephole, I think.
1: Yes, that's what it was. Yeah, through like the peephole. I thought it was more like, like um... no, it was, yeah, sorry. No, no. Uh...
0: I'm not sure exactly what it is. I know he puts a knife in his eye and he's at the door, but I think maybe Jason is. I'm not even sure where Jason is because uh, I I know that right after this, this is when everyone just abandons house. Right, right. Uh, Jenna and Clay take the truck and leave Trent behind and he loses the gun in a ditch. Kind of (laughs) funny.
1: Okay, okay.
0: I love that they just take off without him. It's great.
1: (sighs) What do you need Trent for anyway?
0: Uh, And this is when we get the excellent Kill of Trent. Okay, uh, which, so yeah, the first part is just machete, but it's that second part.
1: Would you like? Okay, so um, yeah, he gets macheted. Uh, they end up on this road somehow, and there's a truck driving down. uh The truck stops for for Trent, who's like a tow truck. That's what. It, yeah, truck stops for Trent, who's like, help me, help me. And then Jason comes, picks up Trent, freaking impales him on the tow truck, <laughs> and then the- he the tow truck he
0: body slams him onto a spike on the back of the truck
1: Yep. yep, like right through him there's and then the tow truck drives away (laughs) and i'm just imagining this guy the
0: guy didn't see it somehow or hear it uh like wouldn't you even feel that in the suspension
1: well you cut that you cut to his face i think he knew that uh jason impaled a guy on his truck and he was driving away it's like oh Room. it's that
0: uh yeah better get it's out of that here
1: Vorhees, <laughs> uh, it's that Voorhees boy doing that thing again i better uh, better go to the car wash yep goes to the car wash and i can just imagine him going to the car wash and the gas station it did it's like oh uh, you end up you got too close to the crystal lake cabins didn't you yeah i did uh don't drive over there i won't <laughs> Uh, so we
0: enter into the stumbling over dead bodies everywhere phase of the film. Kind of a traditional area of any 13th movie where our last couple people are just finding the bodies of everyone else. Everything else that's happened through the rest of the movie. Uh, and they go back to Jason's underground lair where they hear the sister screaming. So they go to find her and they break her chains and stuff. Uh, but it's kind of anticlimactic because she gets killed right away.
1: The the sister? dies. Like, the, yeah, the sister thought,
0: gets killed pretty much immediately, doesn't no, she? No, I
1: thought it was the other girl who got killed.
0: Is it the other girl? I I thought it was. I I think it's Jenna who's the last survivor, isn't it?
1: Oh God, um, it's kind of an important. It's kind of important to the plot to know. <laughs> Shit.
0: It is, but I honestly don't know because all of these scenes are just like people running around in the dark, uh, and. I I thought it was the sister who gets it when, uh, he's when they're running out. Like I think Jenna is the first one out, and then Clay is up, and then the sister gets it because she's the third one into the hole. But but it could be yeah, Jenna. I could be totally it, it wrong. It would
1: have to be the sister because the sister at one point again, no, the sister would have to be the survivor because at one point again she says, Jason, you can stop now. Which which Jenna wouldn't right, be able I to do guess, that. Which is.
0: I don't know. Maybe. Well, maybe if... (laughs) You you could totally be right. I'm not sure. Maybe if Jenna,
1: you know, had found the lock. Nah, that's too much. No, I'm pretty sure it was the sister, and Jenna died.
0: Okay. But either way, uh, we're we're down to two. uh, And they end up back at the Hillbilly Palace, and Jason and Clay have a battle. Uh, But Jason gets wrapped in a chain and sort of pulled into the wood chipper a little bit.
1: Oh, yeah, but
0: he just gets stabbed through with his own machete and sort of seems to die just from machete stabbing, which, you know, again, not traditional Jason.
1: Yeah, but the wood chipper chain was, I think we're meant to believe it's strangling him. But since as has been established at the very beginning, Jason is immune to drowning, presumably because he doesn't need to breathe. He should also be immune to strangulation.
0: Yeah. And then what they do is they dump him in the lake. Which is
1: the last place you want to dump Jason.
0: Pretty stupid. Uh, The line that she has here when she kills or when she stabs him with the machete is just dumb as shit. So bad. Say hi to mommy. And then she does like a long pause in hell.
1: Okay. So that must be the sister then, because Jenna wouldn't know about the mother.
0: Wouldn't she? Didn't they talk about that at some point? I don't
1: think that group ever talked about the Jason legend. It was the first group that did, which oh, is where the sister is.
0: Yeah, I guess so. So she she does remain the final. Okay. Well. Which is weird because we we see very little of her doing anything in the after the first twenty minutes. She has almost nothing to do. She,
1: you know, exists to get rescued and then.
0: And I guess sort of kill Jason. Sort of, but, but not. Because they, right, she stabs him with the machete, they dump him in the lake, and he comes back up. Oh my God, how unexpected.
1: <laughs> he comes back up, freeze frame, <laughs> cut to credits. Which,
0: don't, honestly, don't
1: I, I was so happy with that ending.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's what has to happen. You know, Jason has to come back up out of the water because that's what a Friday the 13th movie is. And it just feels silly that they spend all of this time making him not supernatural. When obviously, he's still going to be a supernatural being, because that's the crux of the series. That's the whole point. Well, he drowned as a child, and his mom killed a bunch of people, and then he came back to carry on her killing.: well, Or maybe
1: he didn't actually drown. <laughs> maybe he was just like just trying to get away from his overbearing mother. Maybe he's like, "Oh my God, every day with my mother, it's like, "Oh, Jason, Karen cut me off in the grocery store. Kill kill, Karen for mommy, Jason." And it's like, oh my god, I just wanna I just want to get away from it. Um I'm gonna fake drowning.
0: (laughs) I guess maybe. Um so that's pretty much it. Uh that's that's how it ends. Uh I watched the extras on the disc, but they're kind of shitty. Uh this one for some reason this is from the new Scream Factory box set of all of the Friday the 13th movies, which is pretty excellent. It has tons and tons of extras on every other movie but this one okay uh this one is just basically a reissue of the old existing disc without any new stuff it's
1: kind of weird it didn't even have subtitles I, i like to watch movies with subtitles so that even if it's in a language i understand it just makes it easier for my brain to process what's being said but it didn't have it and that annoys me
0: yeah it's weird uh and like yeah i i also frequently have subtitles on just so i can more easily take notes and get character names
1: <laughs> that too. Yeah. Except I don't take notes.
0: <laughs> I usually take notes. I, I took notes for both movies this week because of how much there was to keep track of in seven. And we'll get to that shortly. Uh, do you have any final thoughts on the 2009 Friday?
1: Um, or overall? I was definitely thoughts. watching a 2009 uh, slasher film. I I don't feel like I got to know the real Jason.
0: No, it doesn't feel like a classic Friday the 13th movie. It definitely feels like a studio product that sort of bears some vague resemblance to uh, some elements of it. It takes place in the forest. There are kills. There are teenagers. There's sex. And there's a guy with a hockey mask. Which, but it's not
1: very Friday the 13th. Which means I've never seen a Friday the 13th. A Friday the 13th movie where the real Jason is killing anybody.
0: Oh, that's crazy. Well, then we'll move on to our next moment here because, uh, well, this does complete the box set and I've now watched all of them, but we'll leave it in the mix because you haven't seen any of the other ones other than the first. Uh, So here... Uh, would you like to choose which Friday the 13th movie you would like to next see at some point Um, as a sort of back pocket pick? when All right.
1: All right. Well, let's go with I've seen number one. Let's uh, let's do number two. Let's uh, rotate right. that into or however we're doing it.
0: Will do. Nice. Uh, all right. So now we will move on to seven. <laughs> uh, the. 1979 Andy Sedaris film, uh, before he started to make his own productions. This one's not produced by him, but you see a lot of elements, his later films.
1: Now this is the guy who did a hard ticket to Hawaii. Yes, it is. Uh, okay. So that's, that's the movie with the, (laughs) well, I should say that this is the movie with the skateboard guy
0: and the blow up doll and rocket launchers. I mean, it's all there. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Yep uh it's just uh, so this movie please go ahead
1: uh, this movie's a lot this movie not to be confused with the what like 1995 brad pitt morgan freeman gwyneth paltrow se- 7n which is uh yeah this is which is a movie that blurred together se- with 12 monkeys for me but se- 7n Yes, a seven. Um,
0: in. This is just seven. This one's just seven. Uh, it's William Smith as Drew Seveno.
1: Really? <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, Drew Seveno. That's his name. Uh, and he has to get together seven assassins to take on seven mob bosses. <laughs>
1: For seven million dollars.
0: For seven million dollars. Sevens. Lots of sevens. Uh, there are five kills in the opening credits, which were kind of great. It really gets you into the movie, right? Oh
1: yeah. They're killing people like right from the get go.
0: You got the skateboard assassin guy. This guy rules. Doing a couple of skateboard past. That guy's so much fun. I think like this must just be some dude that Andy Sedaris knew in Hawaii who could do some kind of minor skateboard tricks. And it's like, no, it's kind of fun. I'm going to put you in all of my movies.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. He's not. Like he doesn't do any anything fancy on his skateboard at all, but he knows what he's doing well enough.
0: Yeah, you know he he does little tricks back and forth, and then like he'll go by with a crossbow and kill three people or something. Uh, we also see a pretty cool flaming spear kill in the opening credits. Oh yeah, someone
1: seeing like some sort of weird stage show, like or- like a fire spinner or something like that. Um. Yeah. Yeah, it's like one of these dancing. It's like a yeah. He's got a twirling fire spear or something, and he just spears a dude.
0: Right, Uh, and this is all during the opening credits. Kind of nice. They're not as elaborate as later Sedaris ones. He has pretty cool uh, action or actions uh, credit sequences. Typically, Uh, these ones are a little bit simpler. But this one's all typewriter style, which was kind of neat. And then they sort of keep it up through the movie uh, when they go from location to location they'll have like a little uh typewriter report
1: and when they introduce your our villains who you don't need to know their names
0: (laughs) no but like you know you get their quick you get the quick dossier on them and then we get introduced to them and we we set each of them up that way you know it's it's a style this is why this deserves
1: what's about to happen to them
0: yeah uh so our main bad guy is lenny uh, who who's most famous as Luca Brasi, in The Godfather. Uh, and he plays the Kahuna. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's he's okay. Luca Brasi. Uh, you know the the famous Luca Brasi sleeps with fishes. Uh, he's he's Luca Brasi. Oh,
1: okay, all right.
0: Um,
1: and his right hand man, it turns uh, out, is the skateboard guy.
0: Skateboard guy. Yeah. <laughs> his top assassin.
1: Well, you see, in the opening credits, he is pretty good as an assassin. I mean, he doesn't yes. fail.
0: No, I mean, he, he kills three people in the opening credits. I mean, good on him.
1: Actually, yeah, that's probably a higher uh, kill count than any other individual in this movie.
0: Maybe the professor. Oh, We yeah. haven't done with the professor yet, but he's pretty overpowered. Yeah. Like, he's definitely the MVP of the team there are so many characters and plots and mini plot lines and little independent things happening. It feels like you're never really supposed to remember how any of this fits together. It's more just about like moment to moment, visual excitement and thrills. Uh, it's, it's not really about a through line. It's about just keeping you constantly entertained while you're watching.
1: I was thinking like, do we even want down the plot or cause it would take about as long as the movie is to talk about the movie. <laughs> Because the plot no, is No, I've got a handful
0: happening. of notes. Yeah, I, I've got a handful of notes, but I'm sort of more interested in just talking about the, the basic uh, thrust and just sort of the style of <laughs> All it. Because right. it's, it's like those later Sedaris films, but it's much more packed. Like, it, it feels like they're just doing a lot of extra plot stuff where the later ones, they kind of condense it down to just having, like, one main villain with a couple, you know, side guys. And then... You, you got to stop drug runners. Usually uh, this one, it's like uh, an entire criminal cartel who are going to take over the entirety of Hawaii, which is, you know, that's a big plot
1: by tanking the tourism industry and then buying up.
0: Uh, one, one thing like, I listened to the commentary on this as well, uh, which is pretty good. Uh, very good commentary track. Uh, I would say we're watching the Kino uh, Blu-ray of this uh and the commentary talks about how sedaris uh got his start in shooting tv sports in the 50s and 60s like he was one of the main guys who founded wide world of sports oh okay uh so he really revolutionized television shooting of sports so the movie kind of has that same sort of thing it's just constantly throwing stuff at you it's it's sports action cinema. Like you got race cars and guns and skateboards and hang gliding. And just, oh my God, there's always going to totally be is. something. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. Like, uh, it, it's an interesting, different way of making a movie. Cause it doesn't feel like a classic Hollywood movie. It totally feels like an event, like a, a, a sports event where you just like kind of got to keep moving the action forward. And it doesn't really matter any sort of overall arc like just hitting a bunch of action sequences all the way through. And that's, that's what you got to do.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's yeah. Cause the, the plot such as it is, there isn't one. It's just, <laughs> it's just here. Here's Hank gliding. Now well, oh, there... here's a race car. Now here's the skateboard guy. He's going to fight that guy.
0: Right. Well, like I, I, like the main overall thing is there's these guys who are going to take over Hawaii. So these guys, The these, these, Apparently, incredible assassins have been gathered to take care of them. Although, one, $7 million is not that much if you're doing this many high-profile assassinations. And especially when they're all supposed to take place over half an hour. Like, all of them simultaneously.
1: Yeah, this, this guy undersold himself. This, this guy does not know yeah. the value of his own labor.
0: I guess he just really likes the number seven.
1: <laughs> you know what? You could have gone for 70, 77, man. I could have taught this guy how to do his job.
0: Well, we also find out later that he is the worst at his job out of the whole group because he's the one who blows it. <laughs> yeah. Cause like everybody else. So we, we have, I think, uh, nine kills, sort of through this whole end sequence uh, which is i I call it the end sequence but it's like a solid half of the film where it's just they're executing the plan we don't see them create the plan we see them all get together and then we see them execute the plan which is an interesting way of doing this sort of thing
1: yeah we we meet by the it's at the 45 minute mark where we've just got done being introduced to the characters and then now it's now we're doing the plan
0: Right, so like we we spend forty minutes introducing the characters, and then the, boom, we're 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 gonna, now now let's let's set up all these fun kills, uh, we we we've got all our we've got all our bad guys introduced, we've got all our good guys introduced, uh, and I don't really have a lot to say about many of them. I, I will especially note though Reggie Nalder who is the guy with the sort of burnt bottom of his face. Oh, the, the uh, th- hermit. That is real. Like, he is a guy who is in a fire. Oh, Oh, okay. Yeah, and he's like this this evil BDSM freak, and he's got a much harder edge than you get from a character in a Sedaris film. He feels a lot more adult. Like, there's a rape scene in this, and you do not have Andy Sedaris films, which are kind of almost family entertainment in a weird sort
1: wow.
0: they're They're much goofier from this point. Th- this is like a harder edge than you usually True. get. Cause this is like a, a studio picture rather than his own. Uh, like all of the other ones are produced by him and his wife.
1: Oh, okay. Cause this one did feel like, like it had higher production values. Like it felt like a bigger yes, movie definitely. than uh, hard ticket to Hawaii. Yeah.
0: Well, like hard ticket to Hawaii definitely feels like an independent film. It feels very specifically like this is a movie that is by Sort of an auteur, like an exploitation auteur kind of guy, who's just <laughs> yeah. a crap auteur.
1: <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, the...
0: whereas this first one has no, please.
1: That no, that's exactly the idea I got from from that movie. But yeah, this one it feels like it's not just this one. one you guy see some of making it. a movie,
0: right? It, it it has a lot of elements of it. You see sort of what he would go on to do with these, but it doesn't quite feel quite like an Andy Sitters film. It almost feels like a real movie. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's one way to think of it, but yes, almost. <laughs>
0: so the, our, our tech guy with the shades, he's thin and weasley and he's the professor and he's pretty overpowered. Uh, he's the guy who does multiple of the kills because he has like these smart rockets.
1: Oh yeah. The Rube Goldberg rocket. Well, That's what I thought it was going to be when he was doing all the calculations. I was like, this is going to be a Rube Goldberg. Nope, it's just a rocket. He just knew when to fire it. It's just a
0: rocket. And it it doesn't even explode. It just, like, pierces them.
1: But it pierces both of
0: them. So, he got it right. It does pierce both of them. Yeah, he did it. Uh, We we get a blow-up doll gag at the airport with the professor. And it it ends up with William Smith. Because he's... He has... So to William Smith blowing it he's it's like going to be the fifth kill he's going after the kahuna lenny montana or Luke Brazzi and his whole plot he's got he's got the blow up doll in the car <laughs> in his convertible so in the passenger seat and he's feeling it up like he and so the people and he's like driving next to uh the kahuna's car and just trying to get their attention by feeling up this blow up. So they think he's a guy who's like, it works except then he tries to shoot at them and he hasn't done the research to find out that they're, they're uh, glass is bulletproof Which and is established. They just drive away.
1: It, it, it is established. They do find that out earlier, but he wasn't there because he goes, he makes his own rules. He goes off and does his own thing. They, they tried to call him and tell him about the bulletproof glass.
0: Yeah, like he just didn't do the research. Yep. Like he blew
1: and, it. And the, I just love the look on the Kahuna's face. He's like, ha 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 ha, ha you stupid <laughs> fuck.
0: It's pretty great. Like he,
1: and and like. <laughs> he knew he lost at that point. He's like, oh, oh yeah. I'm so fucked.
0: He has to go chase he's them. He's got to fight uh, Ultimately, man. he. He runs him over. Rip skateboard guy. He'll be back. Um, uh, So. I, I wrote down all of the kills. Oh,
1: good, because so the first kill,
0: <laughs> I I knew I would need to. I watched the movie a second time to uh, get it, get it, all of it noted down. So the very first kill, we have our cowboy guy. His his cowboy. I buddy. hate him.
1: I don't know why. I just hate this guy.
0: I agree. There is something about cowboy. He just seems like a dick. I don't like him at all. Uh, and it's kind of a pretty cruel way to kill these guys he gets a horseshoe and he stuffs it in the the door handles of their car so they're trapped in it and then he just covers it in gasoline and lights it blows up a whole gas station with them
1: so what did he do with the gas station attendant i don't know guy? we did
0: see the gas station attendant earlier i assumed that he just like bundled him off but maybe the guy was just in the gas station when it blew up i don't know
1: well apparently the gas station attendant did work on the, these guys cars um that's established like he's the one who fitted them with all the armor and bulletproof shit so maybe he's in on it oh yeah
0: that's right he's probably in on it so they probably took him out too uh the second kill uh this is when they go to the guy who's in the skyscraper and they have a kung fu fight and they do the raiders sh- gag The guy's doing, like, the sword tricks and some just... Eh, Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then the main guy in the skyscraper, uh, someone uh, smashes him through a skyscraper window.
1: And he falls. The the dummy falls. The dummy falls.
0: Great, great dummy. Uh, The third kill uh, is Cowboy again. He gives this guy a shirt with a target on it and gets him to go serve.
1: Oh, yeah, the butterfly. He was the drug dude, but... Like, this guy's dumb. This butterfly guy, he, he's more like a moth. He's I, like, like, I want to fly next to the fire.
0: Yeah, like, I did not get this guy's deal. There there are very few of the bad guys who have any impression on me. It's only Reggie Nalder because of, like, he's kind of a harsher character. And then, of course, the Kahuna because he's the main one. Every other bad guy is like, I could not tell you anything about them. Except the way they did. Yeah, died. yeah. <laughs> uh nolder is the is the next one who gets it and the crotch bomb explosion is outstanding
1: yeah he yeah this is actually right after he tries to rape the girl and then yeah so
0: and she like pushes him off and like gives him a chop and then she shoves a, a bomb into his crotch and takes off
1: it looks like an egg timer
0: it looks exact. I think it literally is just an egg timer. <laughs> uh, is is the prop? Yep. Uh, and it, it's it's a good, hilarious explosion. Too. Oh yeah, it's like a big, huge explosion. <laughs> uh, the fifth kill is the hang glider bombing. A guy hang glides over two people who are in, like, uh, I think they're on a golf course. Yeah,
1: he. That's the golf guy.
0: Yeah. Uh, and he drops a couple bombs on them. They're they're in a building on the golf course. I think it's maybe the bathrooms,
1: or something. Or maybe... The outhouse. Maybe a change room. I don't know. It's weird because his henchman goes in there with him. It,
0: it does look like a bathroom. It does, yeah, but... I, I couldn't figure what they were doing.
1: I don't know. Maybe him and his henchman just kind of... You know what? It doesn't matter. They're dead.
0: Right. And so surrounding the hang glider bomb blows it. And then... So he 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 shoots at them and fails, and then he runs over the skateboard guy in between the hang glider bombing and the sixth kill, which is the one by the comedian, the shitty comedian. Oh,
1: this! How did this guy? This guy sucks. This guy's the worst. He kind of
0: sucks too. He's he's doing this really bad comedy routine, and there and then he just pulls out a shotgun and shoots them, and they gun him down like a whole lot of squibs for a couple minutes. Uh-huh. I was, I was kind of glad that at least one of the, one of our team loses as well. That was kind of, kind of fun to see one guy get taken out. Cause that was not a good plan. It was objectively stupid. He's just. Oh yes, Standing directly in front of them with a shotgun and then they gun him too.
1: Yeah. Like what, what did he think was going to happen? Oh, well. <laughs> it... uh,
0: and then the seventh kill is uh, the professor with the smart rocket. Uh, and then there's like a dirt bike chase to, uh, Smith gunning down another secondary guy. Like I think the other couple, uh, or just, no, there's one second in command guy to the kahuna that he chases him down on the dirt bike. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause there's a, there's a whole dirt bike scene where he chases him down and he shoots him. And then while he's falling over, he reads him the Miranda.
1: Oh, run, yeah. Like, <laughs>
0: They have him fall over in slow motion, and have Smith. Uh,
1: I forgot all about that because the dirt bike guy wasn't one of the main guys, and he wasn't the skateboard guy.
0: Indeed, and it's sort of a cute idea, but it makes no sense because
1: this guy's not a cop. He's not a
0: police officer. He's a he's an assassin. (laughs) I don't get it. Uh, And the Kahuna is well. There, so the Kahuna he puts out a decoy and that guy gets killed. And then the professor takes him out with another smart rocket. And that's pretty much the end. So like the kahuna is taken out by another smart rocket by the professor.
1: Right. Right. Because, uh, so the, the main guy only managed to kill the decoy and some henchmen.
0: Yes. He, he just, he kills the skateboard guy and he kills like the second in command for, uh, the kahuna. Maybe both of them, like, I think he kills both of the henchmen because he kills the one on the boat that he has as a decoy first, and then the professor takes out the kahuna.
1: Yeah, but he definitely doesn't kill any of the targets.
0: No, he does not succeed. He is the one who blows it from his. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird. But yeah, uh, I really like the movie. Honestly, I have. I had a lot of fun both times I watched it. Oh, it's it. fun. It's,
1: it's a fun movie.
0: It's fun. It's ridiculous. It never stops moving. It's constantly throwing silly shit at you. You don't really retain a lot after you've seen it like this. Like I have seen it before we discussed it. I, I I've watched it previously and uh, I remembered nothing when I was rewatching it <laughs> this first time.
1: Oh, yeah. I bet like a week from now, this movie's going to be gone from my brain.
0: And you know what? That's fine because I'll watch it again in a year, and I'll enjoy it every bit as much the next.
1: Oh, time. sure, it's like hard ticket to, to Hawaii. Like, I forgot. <laughs> Last time I watched it, I had forgotten about the snake. It's like such oh, an important snake. thing, but I had forgot about it. So the cancer. <laughs> so snake. it was new again. So I'm looking forward uh, to this movie being new again.
0: <laughs> hell yeah! It's a pretty great time.
1: <laughs> Definitely recommend. Uh, so yeah. It-
0: Oh, yeah, strong recommend. it's so much fun uh, and even if you're sort of familiar with other later Andy Sedaris films, this is an interesting one as a contrast because it's a little bit more of a real movie, but it's so much in his particular style and the stuff he he's into, like you know the skateboard guy, the blow up dolls, all the just like uh, it, it's it's like playboy cartoon jokes like uh, the the jokes that you get in the the little comics in a playboy that's his yes
1: okay yep yep that's a good way to describe it
0: and like distinctly playboy and not penthouse it's almost family friendly but just like with boobs you know (laughs) yeah it's good time and definitely recommend uh so I guess moving on to our last parts and choosing our, our films for next week. Uh, So I'll start with the stuff I watched last week. Uh, Not a ton of stuff. Uh, I watched Cannibal Man, uh, aka The Apartment on the 13th Floor. It's kind of an art film in a weird sort of way. Like It is very grungy and does have some gruesome and brutal stuff, but not a lot. It's more just about this guy who has very poor impulse control uh, and... He gets in a fight with a cab driver about paying his fare and he accidentally kills the guy. And then he just won't own up to it, and he just keeps killing more people. Like he just keeps killing more people to hide that he killed the first one, and it just snowballs and snowballs and
1: snowballs. (laughs) Oh god, that's that sounds fun.
0: And Interestingly there is absolutely no cannibalism there is no reference to it even once he does not eat anyone like he he works at a slaughterhouse and he runs this machine where it turns the meat into like a slurry so he's taking pieces of people in and putting them in his work machine and the the movie is kind of interestingly it does feel very sociopolitical. It's got a lot about uh, the politics of meat, a lot about capitalist consumption in general, just uh, the, the effects of capitalism. You have uh, The Apartment on the 13th Floor, which is another weird title. The original title, I think, is uh, The Week of the Killer, which makes much more sense. And that's the original uh, Spanish title, I believe or maybe Italian, I can't remember what, what uh, country this movie's from. Uh, and Cannibal Man, and apartment on the 13th floor, the American exploitation titles for it, but they're what it's known for. Uh, but the, So the apartment on the 13th floor, this guy who's walking through binoculars on the 13th floor, who's obsessed with him. And there's this whole queer theme running through it that's very interesting as well. So, it's a very unusual movie. It's, it, it was not at all what I expected, but quite
1: good. Okay, okay. Interesting.
0: Uh, I, also watched, I also watched Nosferatu in Venice. Uh, as I said when introducing it, uh, it, it did turn out to be just as great looking and trashy and silly uh, as I had heard. Uh, so, it's Klaus Kinski reprising his role. Have you seen that one? Um, can we talk about this? I can.
1: Sorry, which one?
0: The Werner Herzog Nosferatu oh, movie? Oh
1: no, no, I haven't.
0: So it's a remake of the 1928 Nosferatu, except it sort of creates uh, Klaus Kinski as this vampire who's sort of a feral animal, uh, and it takes place during the bubonic plague, the the original one, the the Herzog, uh, and it's just him sort of like living in the shadows of the plague and being a Sort of uh, kill at will because there's so much death around. Very very good movie. Uh, Maybe one of the great vampire movies. Nice. Uh, This sequel is an unauthorized one and it's very silly. Uh, Kinski is incredibly over the top. There's this. The the first time we see him getting out of the coffin, you see him struggling to get out of the coffin.
1: Really (laughs) funny to see. I love it. All right. Uh, There's
0: this. There's a there's a part where he needs to go to. like he when he arrives in Venice, gets in a boat and he's standing up in the boat and he's piloting it, piloting it with his mind through psychic
1: power. Okay, all right.
0: Which was so <laughs> so hilarious to me to see. There's a flashback sequence to this part where he uh, encounters this shrill, angry priest who has a couple uh, mini boss priests next to him. They're like going to uh, exorcise him from this building or whatever. It's, like. Shrieks and calls on this demonic and blows the window and all of them spikes below amazing, great sequence. It's not good, but it's really fun and it's <laughs> great looking like the, the cinematography is honestly really nice and yeah, it's just a fun, really trashy time.
1: And sorry, what was that called again?
0: That's Nosferatu in Venice.
1: Nosferatu in Venice. Okay.
0: Yep. I also watched The Demons of Ludlow, which is continuing from the Bill set. And this is sort of his knockoff of John Carpenter's The Fog. Uh, Have you seen The Fog?
1: Is that the... No, I'm thinking of The Mist.
0: Right. Okay, so The Fog is quite similar. Uh, It is about a fog that comes in over this small town. And... Uh, it contains, uh, in the fog, it's ghost pirates. Ooh. Ghost pirates killing a town. Uh, Demons of Ludlow is not ghost pirates, it's just a haunted piano. Oh. Uh, and there's a big green glowing hand that, and like animated lightning that come and kill people. And honestly, that stuff was kind of great. The, those are some of my favorite parts of the movie is when the silly green glowing hand gets someone. <laughs> Uh, but it has just various little monsters and demons and like, there's supposed to be like the ghosts of this town's colonial past coming back to haunt it. So it'll be like people in colonial period dress coming back and start in like killing people with swords or, uh, flint locks and stuff like that. Uh, decent, not, not great, but like for Bill Rubain, uh, a, a, a decent good time. Like again, slow hanging out kind of stuff. Cause that's sort of his style. Uh, I also watched Star Trek 4, The Voyage Home, of course, uh, which is their Save the Whales oh, movie. Oh yes, uh, the the uh, uh, interestingly uh, comedy. It's it's the movie where they decide uh, we're just going to do a Trek comedy instead of uh, a sci-fi movie this time.
1: And that one ended up being one of the uh, one of the good ones, right?
0: Uh, yes, it's uh, generally considered the second best, and I believe it is the highest grossing one mm-hmm. ever. Okay most successful ever uh it's it's like a high concept fish out of water comedy because they go back in time 1986 and just hang around san francisco because they're trying to find out about whales how to get a couple humpback whales to take them back to the future Uh, because uh there's there's this giant space whale craft that has come to earth and is sending a message that only whales can receive. And it seems like it might be about to destroy the earth if they don't respond. <laughs> yes, So they have to head back in time to deal with it.
1: I, I never knew uh, that pretty was why. Cool. It's really good. I love film. it. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah, it's, it's great. Uh, and again, that one's directed by Leonard Nimoy, oh, cool. which is pretty cool. He has a really unusual filmography. Uh, I also watched The Flesh and the Fiends, which is a 1960 movie about Burke and Hare, uh, the serial killers in 1820s Scotland who uh, killed people to sell them to the Edinburgh Medical
1: Right, I remember uh, hearing about them.
0: Uh, so Donald Pleasance plays Hare, uh, and I think it's George Rose is Burke, and they're both pretty good. It's a... Uh, it's fairly true to the accurate, the, the actual case. Uh, there's like a few little changes that they make mostly at the end, but, uh, you know, mostly just things where there isn't anything specifically known that there's just sort of rampant speculation about. Uh, the dialogue is pretty sharp. Uh, there, it it has a really funny opening instead of that, you know, names have been to protect the innocent. This this is one like nothing has been changed and everything you're going to screw because we have no need to, the guilty or something like that. great there there are some things near the end that are probably very untrue but they they're sort of fun anyways uh peter cushing plays the uh, uh the i can't remember the name of the doctor i just watched this last night but he's he's the guy who buys from them uh, and is fully aware that he's paying a couple serial killers uh, it's an interestingly political take Uh, And it it was quite good. And last one I watched is Pin Down Girl, uh, aka Racket Girls, uh, aka uh, The Blonde Pickup. Uh, It's an early exploitation film. So this is like 1951, and it's a ladies' wrestling picture. Why is that exploitation? Because it was illegal at the time.
1: Ladies' wrestling?
0: Ladies' wrestling. It
1: was illegal. Ladies'
0: wrestling was illegal in California in the fifties. So they made this ladies wrestling movie and it's, I mean, it's, it's pretty, pretty dry. It's you know, you got one ladies wrestling match. It's mostly about this, uh, the, the criminal who, who owns the ladies wrestling gym and his just terrible incompetent gang who can't seem to do anything right. Like there's a part where he sends someone to drug a for race. And he does, and the horse just drops dead at the starting line. <laughs> uh, very cheap. You know, it, it would usually be more like a presentation about sexual hygiene. So the budget is extremely low. Uh. Almost none of these people ever acted again. Uh, very, very cheap. It, it famously uh, appeared on Mystery Science Theater. Uh, it was kind of cool to finally see the original version. And it just came out through uh, Kino and something weird in their uh, forbidden fruit line which I've been digging. Ooh, okay. Uh, uh and so that's all of the ones that I watched. Uh what what do you figure in terms of uh which one would you you like to check out next week?
1: Well, I'm going to watch Star Trek 4 at some point sooner or later anyway, but if I don't check out this Burke and Hare movie, I'm going to forget all about it.
0: Okay, yep, good call.
1: Whereas I'm not going to uh, forget and... to check out Star Trek 4.
0: Yeah, I'll totally watch that
1: with you soon. It's going to happen. I can't believe it hasn't already.
0: I've done, truly, uh, and like I've done thons of the first four Trek movies a lot of times. Uh, I've rarely watched past that because five is terrible. (laughs) Uh, And so moving on to the additions for this week, the terrible Star Trek five is one of the additions. Uh, That's the one where Captain Clerk is climbing a mountain. Why is he climbing a mountain? To make
1: love to the mountain.
0: (laughs) To to kiss the mountain. To make love to that mountain. Uh, It's the one where I think the Enterprise finds God. Uh, It's very bad, as I recall. like Just bad on every level. Uh, Also adding Mom. It's a, a, a horror movie about how this guy's mom gets bitten by some kind of monster and turns into a cannibal. Looks kind of fun. It's an 80s trashy thing. Okay. Uh, also adding The Great Gabbo, which is the original evil ventriloquist movie from 1929. Gabbo! Uh, Eric von Stroheim. Gabbo, yeah! This is where they got the name from, the design. Uh, and it's just this really intense performance by Eric von Stroheim as this evil ventriloquist. Uh, it's got a couple of weird musical sequences. Uh, I haven't seen it in a couple years, but when I saw it, I really loved it, but it's weird. Like it's very funky, uh, early sound cinema. Okay. Uh, also adding the game, which is not the Fincher game, <laughs> but this is a Bill Rabain movie about some bored millionaires who give people a bunch of money so they can base their fears in this spooky mansion for their entertainment. Uh, yes. Uh, and the last one I'm adding is The Day the Earth Caught Fire. Oh, uh, that's, where... from,
1: uh, that's a story about three weeks ago, right?
0: Yeah. <laughs> so this is a 60s movie about simultaneous nuclear tests in the U.S. and Russia. Throw the Earth off its axis. And so now it's going to go too close to the sun. And the only thing they can think of to do is they're going to try one clear explosion to get it back in place and that that's that's the plot that they're working with uh, and mostly it's just a movie about how people are kind of dealing with the potential end of the world i have seen it before and i do remember it being pretty good but it's uh been a few years okay uh and so for our final film we're doing something a little or for our main film pick for next week we're doing something a little bit different since completed a stack we did finally watch. Alright, we, we've gone through all of the Friday the 13th box, uh, so we're opening up the inactive stacks, which is stacks of movies, just stuff that I've kind of got at the top of uh, stacks that we're not including or not watching, they're already watched stuff, uh, as well as I got a couple shipments from Vinegar Syndrome and one from Arrow over the past two days, so I've added all of the new stuff to the stacks uh, before it gets shuffled in. So it can be a potential pick for tonight.
1: All right. I'm seeing there is a lot of stuff on this list.
0: There's a lot of stuff. A lot of it is from just today. Uh, Everything from Rancho Deluxe on are just new stuff that just arrived.
1: All right. Well, I'm looking at this and there's some interesting things here, but I think it may be time for another Zatoichi.
0: Uh, so the Zatoichi that's here is the Beat Kashi one. Ah, the two thousand three uh, new reboot.
1: Oh, interesting.
0: So, uh, do you want to yes, do that? Yes, I do. You know, try, try out the modern Zatoichi. Yeah, I've been curious. Right, about, cool. I've been
1: curious about that one for some time.
0: Cool. All right. So, Zatoichi, the Blind Swordsman, the Kashi film next week, as well as. Uh the Flesh and the Fiends. Nice. Alright, cool. Well, uh thanks as always for joining us here in the Stacks. Uh any further words?
1: I don't think so this time. I think I've got it all out.
0: All right. Thanks everyone and good Thank
1: night. Thank you. Good night.